Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You're listening to Comedy Central. Covering the news is exhilarating. You travel the country, meet interesting people, and find real stories. But then one day you realize it's a f***ing Tuesday in November again. Well, it's election day again. (laughs) Got it. It's election day again. Because it's... Sorry, I can't. It's election day again. F***ing Virginia! As a journalist, I'm honored to be covering this sacred process. Again, I feel super chill about it. I'm good. It's election day again, and we've got another close race on our hands. So you better start clenching those butt cheeks. Early voting is already underway in the Virginia gubernatorial race with the latest polling showing Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe effectively in a dead heat. Political writing, if Terry McAuliffe doesn't pull out a win, Democrats are privately predicting a collapse on Capitol Hill. Wait, Virginia could go red? For a state that went blue by 450,000 votes in the last election, this was a story worth keeping down the vomit. I sat down with Jeffrey Skelly from 538 to help me make sense of this. Sorry about the mess elections, am I right? Why is this race in particular so close? Isn't Virginia blue? Yeah, so Virginia is has been Democratic-leaning over the last few years, uh, but President Biden is now uh, somewhat unpopular. And I think voters are responding to that, and so the electoral environment is better for Republicans. So we've got a close race in Virginia. Who do you think will actually decide this race? Young voters are really important uh, because they are basically the most Democratic-leaning group. Well, one little interesting thing McCall has done is run campaign ads uh, attacking Glenn Youngkin uh, because he was uh, CEO of the Carlisle Group, which was involved in the purchase of Taylor Swift's master recordings. And so they've been using this to try to get young people to, to pay attention to the race because there are a lot of young people out there, you know, 18 to 34-year-olds, who really like Taylor Swift. Virginia Democrat candidate for Governor Terry McAuliffe recruiting Taylor Swift fans. McAuliffe reportedly linking his opponent to music executive Scooter Braun, who infamously bought Swift's master recordings back in 2019. After I was denied the chance to purchase my music outright, my entire catalog was sold to Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings in a deal that I'm told was funded by the Carlisle Group. One of the targeted ads reading, Did you know that Republican candidate for governor Glenn Youngkin helped buy Taylor Swift's masters out from under her? You gotta be shitting me. Taylor Swift fans vote? I think that's what the McAuliffe campaign is is hoping. If the Swifties are backing McAuliffe, what group of fans are backing Youngkin? Chet Hanks fans? Chet heads? Well, we don't have any polling on on different 
fan groups of, of musical artists. You were 538. What the f***? Yeah, it's, it's a real niche. Could we be underestimating the Swifties? I think I'd be careful about giving them too much weight, but there are a lot of young people who like Taylor Swift. Uh, we know that's true. Could Taylor Swift fans be the key to the Virginia race? To find out, I had to dive deep into their fandom, no matter how many of her albums I had to buy on the show's credit card. Oh, sorry. This just happened to me without my approval or consent. Shame on him. Finally, after becoming fluent in all things Taylor, I gathered a group of her fans in Virginia to see how angry they were with candidate Youngkin. Are you all true fans? Are you true Swifties? Did you buy signed Fearless albums, Taylor version? I actually do have it and I can pull it up. I also have every single Taylor record on vinyl right next to me if we want to go that far. Yeah, the two most important dates in November is November 2nd, which is election day, and November 12th, which is red. Yeah, I'm taking off work for Election Day, just in case the lines are too long. Are you also taking off work for Taylor's release of Red? Oh, 100%. I need to get through all the emotions of all the songs on that album. I'm taking off work and my therapist is not getting the day off. While I respect this generation's clear dedication to mental health, could this new base of voters actually tip the scales in Virginia? I'm originally from Texas, and the last three years in college I voted in Texas, but I just knew that I couldn't. Um, just sit by and watch as Youngkin took Virginia. And so that's when I decided to change my voter registration. Wow. Okay, so you just changed your registration. This is dedication. I was in the weird college era as well, where I was kind of voting in my home state. Uh, but now I am voting in Virginia because of this issue. I couldn't help but pity these young girls. There are so many important issues, but all they care about is Taylor Swift's master recordings. It's not really about the masters, but I mean, just... A couple of days ago, Youngkin came out and said, you know, he loves everyone. And when asked if that includes uh, LGBTQ people, he said no. Are there other issues that you care about? Women's right to choose. I'm very passionate about gun violence prevention. Climate change is going to be the biggest issue of our time. So those policies are super important. I'm an environmental engineer. So this is life-changing. What would you say to boomers like my Aunt Sheila who say 14-year-old girls should stay out of politics and stop stealing my sleeping pills, Desi? I think that's such a weird stereotype of Taylor Swift fans because we're not 14 anymore. We are adults. We pay taxes and we vote. Yeah, do you want to see my thesis paper about con congressional legislation? Because I can show you that. Don't underestimate Swifties. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, Molly. Jeez. I don't want any snake comments on my Insta. Yes, they are fans of Taylor Swift. And yes, they are in their 20s. Maybe they can make a difference in this upcoming election. No matter what happens, at least now I'll have some great music to cry to, just in time for next Election Tuesday. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter whose latest album is called Witsit Chapel. Please welcome Jelly Roll. That's right. They all wishing you happy birthday. You it's celebrated birthday. a born day on Monday, right? Yes, sir. This past Monday. Yes, sir. And you celebrated a number one record with Save Me. Yes, sir. Yes, man. sir. Man, what a birthday Having a present. big week, baby. Yeah. It went number one on and the country now, charts. And look, and look at me. Yeah. Now I'm on the daily show with Charlemagne the God, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love Save Me, man. You released it, what, three years ago on YouTube? Yes, sir. Yes, three years sir. ago on YouTube. And you posted, uh, I know this is a little different for me, but I'm wondering if this should make the album or not. Y'all let me know below. Why didn't you believe the song should make the album? Oh, man, insecurity, that, 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 that voice of, of, of uh, negativity that gets in all of our ears, man, that one that we fight every day. I'm glad I fought it enough to put it up. Absolutely. Did, did Save Me Taking Off change your perspective on the type of music you do and how you release it? Because just three years ago it came out, but it just went number one on the country charts this week. Yeah, absolutely, man. One, it showed me that sometimes you got to let a song find people. Right. You know, music meets us where we are. That's the beauty of a Charlemagne is that music is therapeutic. It's there to help and heal. It's a constant and a life that doesn't have many constants in it. Mm. So I'm just glad to see the song finally touch people. I love your story, too, man. Fifteen years ago, you were in prison, and now you're a Grammy-nominated musician. So I guess my question is... Yeah. yeah. So... So my question is, should everybody go to prison? Yeah. <laughs> to find success? Yeah, but no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're giving it away free, y'all, especially. <laughs> I promise. It's real easy to get there. It's easier than you think. <laughs> three hots and a cot, baby. You got a guaranteed bed, three meals a day. It's all good, actually. It's cool. Might see a high school friend. <laughs> And I love your song, She Too, man, where you address uh, the heroin and fentanyl epidemic. Yes, sir. Why, why is this song so important to you? You know, man, I think it's important as an artist for us to talk about the things that people are afraid to talk about. That's right. And that art sometimes is an expression of what words are even afraid to say. Mm -hmm. So 
I think it's a responsibility as a songwriter to write those kind of songs. And the fentanyl epidemic is sickening. What's happening in America right now is absolutely sickening. I think it's 14 people. Thank you. I think it's, thank y'all. So, I think I heard a statistic that it's 14 people an hour overdose and die in the United States of America every hour on the hour. Damn. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 366 in a leap year. I'm that country. But, <laughs> but, uh, and I think if you think about those numbers alone, it shows me that you heard people here sharing that it has affected every household, right. every side of the aisle, everybody in America has been affected by this some way or the other. And I think it's time we stand up and do something about it. What would you, that's right. What, what would you tell people who are struggling with that addiction? Um, I would tell them that there is hope, that my biggest message as I actually had, I had my first viral clip, Charlemagne. I don't know if you know it. Oh, come on, I reposted it. <laughs> I know you did. You helped it go viral. <laughs> and uh, it was, I was talking about how it's so important for us to recognize that our windshield is bigger than our rearview mirror for a reason, because what's in front of us is more important than what's behind us. That's that right. who we were is not who we That's are. That's right. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people may not know, but I read Juicy J's book, so I know. Uh, you was down with 3-6 Mafia. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. from day one. Yeah, yeah you, from day you one. performed this hard out there for a pimp at, uh, what was it, Bonnaroo? Yes, sir, Bonnaroo. Yeah, and yeah, I actually yeah. had the privilege of them going on tour with me and doing five shows. Yeah. And we did hard out here for a pimp every night, dude. Y'all was a group, though, right? It was you, Little White, and... Yeah, me, Little White, and our guy, um, our guy B. Peasy from uh, Indianapolis, who sadly passed away. Damn, rest but in peace. Rest in peace, B. Peasy. Yes, sir. What did you learn from your time with 3-6? Oh, man, everything. Little White and 3-6, Juicy J and Paul. The, the importance of ownership, the importance of independent music, the importance of making the music for your community and that all that matters, representing your people in music, because they didn't care about representing nothing but Memphis. Yeah, and the yeah, fact yeah. that the sound went worldwide just shows that how much the problems are common everywhere. So write what you know. Don't write what you think. You know, write what you know. And they taught me a lot through that, but most importantly, the independence and ownership. Yeah, hip-hop has more in common with country music than people really. Realize, like they're both great storytellers. They both talk about their vehicles a lot. You don't think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, they both talk about bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2023. Say women. Jelly but roll. no, I meant dogs. Oh, you meant dogs. I wrote a bunch of songs about my dog. What are you talking? <laughs> you right. <laughs> Let me get my mind out yeah, the gutter. what's wrong with yeah. your pop here? Yeah? I got my dog with me on the bus right now. Bussy the bus dog. Speaking of that, speaking of that, though, you know, it feels to me, and I'm only getting this from what I see you post on social, the more you blow up, the more it seems like you want to be around your family and your dog and your loved ones. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Yes, sir, man. Okay. It's, uh, I want to anchor myself in family. I think it's the root of everything we do. Plus, I'm going to be honest, dude, we're a, little, we're a little tribe, and they're my best friends. Absolutely. My favorite human on earth is my wife. You know what I mean? Period. Like 100%. Um, I love my daughter. I love my relationships, and I was joking a minute ago, but I love my dogs, man. I, got three <laughs> dogs, man. I love my dogs, dude. They're all, they're all with us now. My wife's got one. I got two in the bus right now. What kind of dogs? I got a basset hound. She's got a bully, and we got a French, uh, we got a French bulldog. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, we're, we're dog people, dude. We had a cat. I had a hairless cat, a bald cat, one of them. <laughs> Listen, it was so ugly, it was cute. It was awesome. And this cat, this That's cat. That's what they used to say about me when I was younger. Yeah, right. He's so ugly, he's cute. <laughs> they kind of still say that now it's a little be, bit. It's better. What they said about me, he's cute, but he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> but then all you got to do is lose weight and you unlock that hidden yeah, character. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, over yeah. then. Yeah. I'd be the president. You know what I'm saying? I, God, for, that's why God didn't make me skinny. He knew I'd abuse the power. You know what I mean? <laughs>
My guest tonight is an award-winning singer, composer, and instrumentalist whose new album is called You're the One. Please welcome Rhiannon Giddens. They're great. They're wow. great. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for chatting with us. You're in town to accept the Pulitzer for this opera called Omar about an enslaved African Muslim that you took the memoirs and converted into an opera. Explain this. I mean, we went from banjo to <laughs> opera. It's all just... It's yeah, it's been really interesting because it was the opposite. I went to I went to Oberlin, learned opera, and then kind of got burnt out and went down to North Carolina, where I'm from, and learned the banjo. And then full circle, came back and was asked to write this opera about Omar Ibn Said, who was a Senegalese Quranic scholar at 37, sold into slavery. And it's just an incredible story because this, we're talking about like wh who gets to represent the American story, you know? And it's to complicate that narrative. It's just all these different kinds of people who represent the American story. And he's one and his autobiography was written in Arabic while he was enslaved and it's the only document of that kind that we know of in existence and it's just a really special story so I'm I just feel amazingly overwhelmed by the fact that I got to make it with Michael Abels my co-composer and that for the Spoleto Festival and that it's been honored with a Pulitzer it's just like crazy. it's a dream come true so. that's crazy that's awesome that's awesome um, this is your New latest face. album. Yeah, Big Face. It's great. I love this album cover. This is awesome. Um, this album is a little more playful. Is that is that a good word to use? Totally. Uh, than your previous albums. Was that an obvious choice for you? Yeah, I mean, like for the last 15 years, I've been that girl at the party on a Friday night that you back away from. Just like, <laughs> man, she's going to talk about slavery or the banjo or both. And I'm just right. like, really not into this. Right. And I just like, I was kind of getting burnt out and I, I just needed to change things up. And I had th these songs I've been writing over 14 years and just wanted to explore the other sides of my art artistry. On this album, though, there is one really important song. Look at this, look at this, look at this shot. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, the other thing is that I'm 46, and this is the first original record I've ever, like, all original right. songs right. that I've made. And, and it's like my first solo album was when I was 36. And so it's kind of like you do it on the time that it's time to do it. You know, you don't do it on anybody else's, you know, you just, like, you take the opportunities as they come. So this was a really amazing project with producer Jack Splash to just explore and to also say, bleep the categories, bleep the genres, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm just saving your guys the trouble later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like forget like what is blues and what is jazz and yeah. what is country. It's all the same thing. It's all coming from the same American yeah. well of yeah. cross-cultural collaboration. So I just like, yeah, put it in whatever box you want. It's it. just fun music, you know? I'm really inspired. <laughs> I just had two acts that didn't clap once for me. <laughs> I'm really inspired by what you just said because it feels like everything that I've looked at with your work has true integrity. But then we're also mixing in the commercialism of the industry. Yeah. And as someone who's trying to be a comedic artist, this make money and also stay authentic and make your work have integrity is near impossible. I've sold out, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to put you in a box. They want to tell yeah. you this. Oh, this is your demo. Absolutely. You sell to these people. This is, speak to them. Yeah. How, how are you navigating that? How would you advise a younger artist? 
to navigate that? It's really hard because it's antithetical to making art is the, right. the, the capitalistic system that we yeah. forced artists to work within. <laughs> right. So we're all having compromises. We're all having to figure out where, where's our line. And so my line for a long time has been pretty far out. And it's like, I just want to tell these stories. And I've just been really lucky with the opportunities that I've gotten. And I stuck to my guns. I said, mm -hmm. I'm doing what I, what I need to do to make the world a slightly better place or to add to the positive conversation. And I come back around and here I am doing it exactly as I want and being, you know, getting the MacArthur and mm -hmm. being able to do. So I just, I tell young people, you got to tell what is your story that you can tell that nobody else can tell yeah. and get people around you who believe in you and your story and who aren't out for what money you can make them. And so right. I'm surrounded by an amazing team, Red Light Management, none such who believed in me. Yeah. And I, you know, if waiting for this record, yeah. they let me do projects that I really felt you know, I was really felt passionate about. And so it's really a give and a take and you're part of a team and you just have to have people around you who believe in you. Yeah, and the, the passion then comes out in that project. Yeah, and then it's way better because you're enthusiastic. Well, yeah. this is it yeah. and this is what people are actually looking for. Yeah. They might say they're looking for something else, but they're looking yeah. for that energy, that brightness, that yeah. passion, which you can only get when you're following your arrow, yeah. you know, and not trying yeah. to be what other people want you to be. And you see yeah. that a lot in the industry. And I was just like, you just got to do you. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Michelle Obama, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. It's my first time being on your show. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm sad that it's not in face-to-face -face or in person. But I'm glad to be uh, here. I, I am. I'm sad. I'm sad too. But I, 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 I don't mind. You're still here. I've, okay. I've gotten used to this being here for okay. me. Okay. All so right. So 
You know, okay. it's still you. Yeah, it it's, is. Unless me. you're gonna tell me like your personality changes no, when you're in person. It does not. I'm not, yes. maybe I'm more silly in person, but I've gotten silly on you know <laughs> in Zoom too. I can do it both now. Just plain silly. <laughs> um, before we get into talking about your projects, let's talk a little a little bit about that. I, I would love to know on a personal level what your life has felt like since you left the White House. Because I remember, and I mean, I was one of the fans, maybe because, you know, I've also had hair journeys. I remember everyone just being like, <laughs> wow, Michelle, <laughs> the Afro and the hair's coming. And everyone was just like, she's just, she's got, got a different swag about her. Was there a weight that's lifted from your shoulders mm. when leaving the White House as First Lady? A- absolutely. I mean, you know, for, for so many reasons. I mean, you know, being the first lady and being the president, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. And being the first, you know, we felt a deep responsibility to do it right and to do it better, to be careful with our words. All the things we thought were important, things like thinking about what you say before you say it, you know, um, telling the truth, you know. Uh, getting your facts right, all of this. We right, we worried right. for no reason. We could have <laughs> done it so differently. It could have been easier. Um, but no, no, we were doing the traditional thing. And uh, so, you know, there, it was a, a, a big responsibility, a big weight on our shoulders, but it, it was an honor to serve. And we kept our eye focused on just every day trying to show up right and push the ball forward on the issues that we cared about. But we were also doing it while raising our kids, all right? So, right. you know, right. they were 10 and seven when we entered. They lived in the White House longer than they lived in any house they've ever lived in. Wow. So they grew. They were growing up right in that spotlight. And so we had that pressure of getting through the adolescent years and the teen years and sending a right. kid to college. Right, right. So we were exhausted and stressed because not only are you trying to get it right on the big picture level, but you're trying to get it right as a parent. And now we're on the other end of that, on, on literally on the other end of all of that. Um, and our kids are about to be 23 and 20. Um, our oldest is graduating from college. They are alive. Wow. So all of that, you know, being at the end of that part of the journey, you know, it, it, you know, I am in a different place. Um, I, I feel freer. I feel more at peace. Um, I'm also older, so I'm more comfortable. I'm even more comfortable in my own skin. I can Um, imagine. So, so yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, living in the White House is like living in an nice older hotel uh, where you can't get out unless you call <laughs> 20 people. It almost feels like you were living a sort of quarantine life before all well, of us were. this is because... what I tell people. This is why we're fine. Barack and I are like, what, you can't go out just when you want to? Yeah, you know, you're, it feels you're like stu- that. This, we've been doing that for eight years. You've got security with you at all times. Right, you can't make right. a move and you have to think about how your movements impact the rest of the world. Every time we went out, we had to think about it. It's like, who's going to have to shut down what gate? How is this going to disrupt this whole community because the presidential motorcade is coming through? We have to worry about right. agents and not doing something that will put them in harm's way. We're good in quarantine. We're like, welcome to our world. Everyone, <laughs> this is what you, it's been you, like. You've been somebody who has been um, not, not just an icon, but 
but somebody that people have followed so passionately from the beginning. And, and what I loved about reading your book and, and talking to your husband is that, you know, is, is getting into the, the, the familial side of things, the personal side of things. I've always wanted to know from your perspective, because a lot of people may not think of it like this because of president, but you're the cool one in the relationship, right? <laughs> And so, like, but Barack was like this, like, you know, this, like, like, who's, like you say in your book, who's this Barack dude? Who's this dude? Like, you know what I mean? And, and yes, he's Mr. President, don't get me wrong. But I mean, to you, he's still Barack. Is there a part of you that, like, when it was done, you were like, all right, finally, the power balance can go back to what it was. <laughs> well, he's still pretty cool, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, but I mean, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It's like a game of chess. Well, you don't want to lose the queen, you know? <laughs> That's, I'm going to use that at dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's fun to see is how it feels like you are each other's biggest fans. The way you show your love towards each other, you've never been afraid to do that. But at the same time, there's also a healthy competitive spirit. I mean, whether you're selling <laughs> books, whether you're releasing your, your work on Netflix and creating documentaries, is there a little bit of that where you look at your numbers and then you go, uh, I mean, you know, you go like, Barry, you're doing well, but you know, you, you, you know, is there a little bit of that? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, Barack is super competitive. So, you know, and shoot, let me, I am too. So yeah, there's a little, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. I mean, but you know, you can do that when, you know, your partner holds their own. It's, it's a nice, funny Definitely. joke. You know, I mean, right. if he, if he wrote his book and nobody bought it, we wouldn't be joking about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we would be like, honey, you're doing a great job. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. Great book. We love it. Da- oh, tell your dad how oh. much you like his book. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's written like a thousand books. You know, he's like, yeah, I've done this before. You're the newbie. Yes. You know, he was he fed us on his book books right. for a very long time. So, you know, it, it's a funny joke when it's, you know. When, when, when it's not true, yeah. When it's when it's not fully true, the the kids are actually joking. They're talking about how you know my, mom's doing a lot of work out there, Dad. You're at home looking kind of cute, you know. They're like, That's you're now the hilarious. cute one. <laughs> that is hilarious. You are the cute one, it's Mr. Like, President. Mr. President. Mariah Carey, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. When we think of Mariah Carey. I don't think I would be remiss if I, if I said, or I don't think I'd be incorrect if I said that black people have claimed you from the beginning. But something I took for granted is that so many people have always just gone like, oh, Mariah makes music that black people enjoy, everyone enjoys, but she's not black. And you lived this and you talk about this in the book where, where people who you wanted to belong to sometimes didn't even know that you were part of the tribe. Mm-hmm. What, what I would love to know from you as a human being is when you were searching for your identity, how hard was it to infuse that within your music? Because that's something I think everyone will enjoy in the book is reading how the record labels, for instance, like Sony at the time, kept on pushing you to, to push all of the hip hop out of your music. They're like, Mariah, this is too black. Mariah, this is too black. And you're going, this is me. This is what I love. Tell me a little bit about that journey of trying to connect with something that you felt was a part of who you are and really made who you are. Well, it it was a very um, difficult journey. But the interesting thing about it to me, when I when I look back on um, particularly like the Vision of Love era, my first single, um, that song went number one on the R&B charts, which were then called the black charts first. 
right. before it went number one on the pop charts because it really isn't a pop record. And especially at that time, it wasn't what other R&B singers, pop singers, it wasn't what most people were doing. It's a different style. Right. You know, the record is like a six, eight vibe and it's got all these backgrounds and all these layered vocals and stuff. So it was geared for an R&B audience. And from that's where I wrote it from from that place. But after that, it was like, we need another pop ballad. I know how to do that, too. Like, I know how to write at middle down the middle. Like, I get it. So when you're asked and you're a 19 year old girl, you know, well, we need another pop ballad rather than have them impose a songwriter's idea of what that is on me. I just said, okay, they, they want a simplistic ballad. I wrote Love Takes Time, which I now like and enjoy. But at the time I was like, okay, it took me an hour. We're done. It, you know, it's, it's cute and <laughs> it'll, it'll do what it needs to do. But I think the journey that you were referring to in terms of hip hop, that was a, you know, a long, um, I don't want to say struggle, but I secretly snuck in like, um, loops like from like on Dream Lover, there's like the eight no right, half stepping right. loop. And people like, I remember Q Tip was like, we we're listening to another song and he was like, You realize you're the catalyst for all this, right? You realize like, and he knew this before fantasy. He knew it just from listening to Dream Lover, which is very, it was slightly whitewashed, you know, rather than, you know, when we put the organ solo and all that. It's, it's, it's nostalgic, but I know that that's there because I wanted a rapper to be on that part, but they, nobody was ready wow. for that. Yeah. So, you know, when my, I finally was able to work on fantasy with ODB and in the audiobook, that's one of my favorite parts because we hear his voice and, you know, rest in peace ODB. But that story, and especially when some people were like, I could do that. You know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there was a, there was a moment that was pretty freaking hilarious um, because the, uh, there was no understanding of like, oh, this collaboration with a member of the Wu-Tang Clan, old dirty bastard, yes. no yes. less. This is yes. a huge moment. Yes. This is a huge moment. Right. But I had to fight for it so hard because nobody understood it. But had they heard his album or even seen <laughs> the front cover of his solo album, I'm sure it would have gotten squashed. I, I snuck that one in. There, there are so many rappers who would who would attest to that, you know, rappers who are included in the book, rappers who who were featured on your songs, rappers who would, who would attest to the fact that Mariah Carey gave me my big break in the min, in the mainstream mm -hmm. because you were adamant. You're like, I'm going to make a remix. They might not let, let me make the original like this, but there's always going to be a remix. And hip hop seems like it was such a huge part of your life. Why do you think you had such a connection with hip hop or what was it about hip hop that connected with Mariah Carey where you're like, this has to be in my music? Well, I think it's that element has always been there because ever since I first heard, you know, the biggest hip hop records as a child, be it um, anywhere from obviously every little kid has always heard Sugar Hill, the Sugar Hill Gang, like the, one of the first songs you ever hear um, all the way through like Eric B and Rakim. Um, Slick Rick, all, all different rapper. And I ended up working with Slick Rick last year, which was amazing. Um, and, and just knowing him because I was such a fan of his when I was in high school. But like, and still am. Um, but, you know, I could continue to name all the different um, hip hop artists and people that inspired me. But I think when you ask, the, the question that you asked was, what was it about it? The music itself you know, the, the freedom in the music, the artistry in the music. And I think that was where a big disconnect happened with the label because the executives did not grow up listening to hip hop. 
So they didn't understand right. it and they thought it was a fad rather than an element that I wanted to integrate more into my music. So I continued to do it. Like you said, I did remixes. You know, um, I love a lot of the remix that, remixes that I did, particularly with Jermaine Dupree. And we were able to use, diff, you know, some people may not even know those remixes, but, you know, they'll know like, oh, we belong together. That's a big record. They, they wrote that. But that's also inspired by... In its own way, it has its own hip hop influences just within the cadence of the way that um, I'm singing certain parts. Some parts right, were more, right, more Jermaine's idea. I'm like, yes, because he always, Jermaine always makes a joke. He's like, she's the rapper, I'm the diva. Because <laughs> I'm always like, can you make it more grimy? Can you do that? And he's like, I just wanted her to do it the other way. We end up getting to a good place together. So that's one of the positive things. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.